I'm Megan. I'm Colin. And this is Pet Sitter Sitter Confessional. Confessional, An open and honest discussion about life as a pet sitter. Brought to you by Time to Pet and the National Association of Professional Pet Sitters. Finding your niche is a great way to establish yourself as the go-to expert and company for that particular need. It also means that you have to deal with much more particular and sometimes demanding clientele. Today, we're joined by Lori Patanio, owner of Professional Pets Florida, to discuss how she navigates the waters of niching down while meeting the needs of demanding clients. She also shares how she's grown her business through partnering with pet-friendly companies and how she makes the most out of events. Let's get started. Hi, Colin. Uh, So my name is Lori. I own Professional Pets Florida, LLC. I am a veteran in the veterinary medical community, so I started as Kennel technician, receptionist, assistant, specialty technician, animal control, all the way to professional business owner. So I've kind of climbed up the professional ladder in that aspect. And being the owner of Professional Pets Florida has by far been my favorite step of the process. <laughs> so why why did you make that step? So you're coming from this kennel tech background and all this other involvement. Why did you decide that starting this business was what you wanted to do next? So I definitely had an aha moment when I was working in veterinary medicine, as most vet techs do, that you either need to make a move to become the doctor or you need to do something completely different because most of us don't make a forever career out of being a veterinary technician. And that's only because it doesn't pay very well. So so that's why I had my aha moment and I said, okay, well, I'm definitely not going to go to school and be the doctor. So I need to do something completely different. So from there, I decided to birth professional pets from where I knew that I wanted pet care for my own animals, but it didn't exist in my area yet. And that was hiring vet techs, vet assistants, veterinary professionals in this world to do those basic services like overnights and dog walking and things like that. Hmm. So I guess that's kind of the tie-in with your your logo as well, because you have a cat and dog, you've got Florida, and then you've got the the veterinary symbol there in the corner. Yes, so that was definitely the driving, that's the driving point and the branding around Professional Pets Florida is that we are professionals, we are in Florida, and that veterinary caduceus is there because we all have some kind of veterinary medical background, and that's what our clients are getting, is that that veterinary experience. So our logo was really important to be able to portray that message to our clients that we're not just the kid next door that wants to walk your dog for fun. We are professionals in this space with the knowledge that they need. So, so given your background on the medical side of things, what what do you think you bring into your business, and how does that influence the, I guess, the, maybe the kind of clients that you take on or focus on? Absolutely. So, when we were, you know, kind of birthing this idea and wanting to do something different, we knew that we had to have that that wow factor, that thing that was different about us, and. My passion is senior animals. I love medically needy animals. I love special needs animals. So most of our clientele are people that have those kinds of pets that are looking for that specialized pet care that, you know, they're typing into Google vet tech pet sitter, or they're typing into Google, you know, veterinary professional around me that can babysit my dog 
or certain things of that nature. So that's kind of the space that we entered into just because it started with my passion for those kinds of animals that a lot of different pet care companies either don't want to take care of, don't want the liability of, or they don't know how to. So what's that look like for you when you get a new inquiry for a special needs animal or a senior animal? How do you work through that process to make sure you have all the information that you need? Because I know how I and most companies kind of typically approach kind of standard animals and their care kind of in the middle of that bell curve of, of health and age, but you're way over to one side. So how, how does that make your onboarding and communication process different? So... Just as if you were a professional business owner that had maybe like a nannying company or a nannying service that only hired RNs or LPNs or CNAs or somebody with a a specific medical background, those people are going to ask the right questions when it comes to care because that's what they have the experience in. So our meet and greets, our consultations, everything is longer typically than a regular. We do puppies, we do kittens, we do regular healthy animals as well. So definitely not counting them out. But those appointments take longer because we have to go through all of their medications. We have to keep them in a tighter routine than we would in our healthy, happy, younger dogs and cats and exotics and things of that nature. So it's definitely a longer process. It's a process that takes more patience, but it has proven to be more fruitful and valuable. And the clients value that, that extra step and that extra time and the patience that we have with their senior animals that they otherwise would not be able to go away and leave them because they can't find anybody to care for them. Yeah, I think that's really important to remember as you're talking about this process is that you you are getting people who are looking for very a very particular set of skills uh, in in their in their pet care team, and so. But what is it like working with those clients? Because I know some may view this process as or not be willing to go through working with these clients because they may be considered demanding or um, or, mm-hmm. or kind of more uh, micromanaging of the process. Mm-hmm. You're completely correct about everything that you just said. So they are more micromanaging. They are more nervous. They are more needy than your regular client that has a healthy animal. So if you think about it, it, in anybody else's shoes, if we were those people, we would also do the same thing because these, these animals do have special needs or they are medically needy and they need that extra attention. And because something like professional pets doesn't really exist everywhere yet. They don't either, they don't know that it exists or they don't know that it exists until they need it. So they're going to take those extra precautions. They're going to value communication more. And that's kind of where we tie in our, our use of software and reports and photos and updates and things like that, especially when it comes to medication management, or we have a, a few animals that are physically disabled and having that peace of mind is the most valuable asset that we can offer to those clients. And that's what they value the most, that their their animal with these needs is taken care of properly. So I always say that I would rather have a client that cares too much than not enough. Because they're gonna they're gonna be responsive when you have questions. They're gonna make sure you have all the details. Because I think a lot of us have had that experience where you ask a client and you say, How much do they get fed? And the client kind of goes, I don't know about this much, and that's all they you know, they, <laughs> there's no detail or anything, and you're kind of left guessing. 
So I can imagine how refreshing it would be to have somebody that's like has everything lined out for that. But on the flip side, as you said, like they're, they're really nervous. They're, they're, they're they're, they're needy. What's, how do you take somebody who comes in at such a heightened level of anxiety and fear and bring them down and kind of start, start letting them catch on to the peace of mind that you can bring? So I are, slogan is setting the standard in professional pet care. And that is nine times out of 10 because the client has set the bar so high for us. And that's a great thing. And that's a great pressure to live up to because we need to be able to provide for this client. With that being said, most of these clients have either never left their animal. So they're new to pet care. They're new to disabled animals. They're new to medically needy animals, or they just they just have so much anxiety where they just can't, they just can't do anything else and you know being able to to meet with them and having them being very transparent about our business and about our staff's backgrounds and experiences is what puts them puts them at ease so we continue our education every month so that the client knows that we're staying up to date on what's what's happening in veterinary medicine not that we got a vet assistant certification 15 years ago have never done anything with it again. And now we're claiming to be, you know, veterinary professionals. Now we, we keep up with that education so that we're able to, to, to stay in those veterinary professionals and keep those titles. And we're able to be transparent about those things. If, you know, any of the clients want proof of certification or continuing education or training and things like that, that's always available to them. All of our pricing is online. I'm very transparent about everything. Yeah, that transparency is really, really big about, I'm sure, about the abilities, the backgrounds, the certifications of how best you're able to serve this particular client. Because again, they have a very, if they're, if they're, if it's that niche of a need, right? They, the client is looking to go, can you, are you able? to fit this need and being able to show them and line all that out and clearly communicate kind of where the boundaries are to that experience, I'm sure is, is really reassuring to them. And it's interesting that you mentioned that you, you, you like, you know, setting the standard. And part of that is reaching for the bar that the client sets for you. And I think we've all kind of experienced this, especially if you look, reflect back on when we first started, started our businesses, whether it was a year ago, five years ago, 10 years ago. I know for a, like Megan and I, what we consider a complex pet visit, you know, drop-in visit today is way different than what a complex visit was 10 years ago. (laughs) So you can kind of, and that, why did that happen? Well, and kept happening because we kept finding clients that had more and more needs. They had more and more things that they were looking for from us. And we kept reaching for that and reaching for that. And that's one of the ways that you grow is by sometimes taking on those challenging clients or taking on some of these things, obviously knowing that we still need to be within our boundaries so we don't get way in over our head. But Mm -hmm. we do need to continue to reach to where that next client is demanding we go to so that we can look back and go, oh, all that other stuff that I was worried about, that's that's kind of old hat by now. Right. We've already surpassed that tenfold. Yeah. <laughs> now, now you've mentioned a, a couple times, Laurie, that you've mentioned we and team and background. How soon after you started this did you start bringing on a, a team and, and, and your staff members? 
Um, so full transparency, when I had first started professional pets, I started in 2019. So we're relatively new to the space in terms of age of our, our company, but I had started by myself and just doing the whole thing, same kind of business model, you know, marketing to our special needs and medically needy because I was working in, in animal welfare and veterinary medicine at that time. But I just got so busy and I got to the point where I was having to say no to money and I was having to say no to clients. And that was just the worst feeling in the world to me to want to be able to care for somebody's animal, but not having the physical time to do so. So I can only sleep in one place at, at one time, right? I can only do so many visits in a you know morning, midday and evening time frame. So I said, you know, I would like to keep working the full-time job that I had at the time. So how do I make more income, get these bookings covered, and then also be able to grow? Because I knew that I didn't want it, to, it just to end with me because there was nothing in this space specializing in what we do in my area. So I knew that we had to do it and I knew that we had to grow. So I decided to, to hire help. And I think we all reach that point where we have to decide, do I, what do I do with my business? Do I, do I stay solo? Do I make my, my solo business what exactly what I want it to be? Uh, and, and that comes with needing to say no to more people. But it, it, it's a decision that a lot of people travel down versus the, okay, now it's time for me to bring on some help. Mm-hmm. And I really need to, to look at what that looks like. And, and so you, you specifically bring on, vet assistants and vet techs, how do you find them and, and reach out to them about becoming a part of your, your company? So it's very difficult. I'll tell you that. <laughs> okay. uh, it's, yeah. it's difficult to this day. It's not easy because in today's society, one, I'm trying to find people that want to work, which is difficult in of itself. And then two, I'm looking for a very niche market of people. So I'm looking for people that have had either that current or former veterinary experience in the medical field that are looking to make a transition away from medicine, still taking that, bringing that veterinary experience to the table, but they're looking to do something else. Because if somebody works 40 hours in a vet clinic, they're not going to work for me because they're not going to have any time. So trying to find that very niche market of people, liking them, and then having them pass a background check has been a labor of love. But once I did find those people, <laughs> we were able to grow and I was able to, you know, shift my funnel of of applicants down to to be able to to find to find those certain people. We use, you know, uh job recruiting sites and social media and things like that to find these people, but really perfecting the interview process and perfecting mm-hmm. the elimination process has has been what has kept us with long-term staff that are really dedicated to the job and to the animals. Yeah, no, that is a consistent problem that I hear from a lot of people is the rapid amount of turnover, right? I, this, mm-hmm. this, this industry can seem pretty transitory 
to a lot of people, okay. especially especially if you're finding somebody in transition through careers. Like it can be enticing to bring them on, but also can be concerning of well, maybe they're going to do something else or go on from there. So for you, what what do you, you you mentioned that that um, those questions and that interview process? What are things that you like to look for that go okay? This person is 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 somebody I want to invest in because they're wanting to invest into what I'm doing. So it sounds kind of corny and kind of cliche, but I, I look for people that have similar values to what I have, because if I had 15 of me, I would be a happy camper. Mm. So what I look for is I look for people that are have a strong work ethic and they have the drive to work. They're compassionate, they want to help animals, and that they want to help this certain field of animal. They're people pleasers, they are they are looking for something new and they're never I I say never satisfied, but they're they're not content with just doing this forever and they want to grow themselves as people, both mentally and professionally. So that's why we do the continuing education. All of my staff are thrilled to do it. They they are just like sponges and they want to grow themselves as people. And they realize that the opportunity that's in front of them is allowing them to do as such. And they understand that they're just not dog walkers and pet sitters, that there's so much more than that to me and to our clients and to everybody else. Yeah, you've really found an interesting position to be in. And it's a reminder too, of like as we niche down, which is exactly what you've done with your business of niching down to this particular set of the market with the special needs, the seniors, the medications, all of that. It also requires, uh, again, this particular set of, of skills and backgrounds and experiences that not just you have to have, but anybody who comes on into your company. And so definitely see how you're working both of these things of going, I'm, I'm finding my niche for my clients, which means I also need to find my niche for my staff members, for the people that I bring on and are working under me and, and making sure that those match up well is, is a constant struggle that we have to make sure that the, the, the experience and the education of our team members matches the services and the expectations mm-hmm. that our clients are bringing into us. Absolutely. Because if we can't keep up with our clients and we can't set that bar and we can't set the standard in professional pet care, then we would have no clientele. We would have no recurring services. We would just be a one-stop shop and that's not the case. Have you heard of Time to Pet? Susan, the pet gal, has this to say. Time to Pet has helped us grow exponentially. We believe the platform's features make us by far more professional than other companies who use conventional dashboards. They are the software gurus constantly developing and improving the platform based on user feedback. This decision was a good one. If you are looking for new pet sitting software, give Time to Pet a try. Listeners of our show can save 50% off your first three months by visiting timetopet.com slash confessional. I can imagine that you know, given the the niche that you're working in, what's it like networking and building relationships with veterinary clinics and emergency vets like that in your area? So we, I am a big proponent on community and of networking and kind of keeping it all in the family because those people that are in our area that are seeking that kind of specialized care for their animals, they're going to the specialty veterinarian. They're seeking out, 
you know, the the board certified vet over the normal vet and those kinds of people are our ideal clients. So in our in our space, we we are a vacation based company. We are not a recurring dog walking kind of company because those animals with medical needs and special needs and might be physically disabled don't need to be exercised every day from 11 to 2 p.m. kind of thing. So building those relationships with other small businesses, whether that's the realtor, whether that's the animal shelter, the veterinarian, it doesn't even have to be in the medical space. I can imagine, you know, you said you know, your clients are going to the specialty vet. And I think that that just hones in. We, we worry and we fuss a lot about where are my clients going? What other places are they going? What are their interests? All this stuff and, and being able to, and that's, that's one reason why niching down makes the process so much simpler when we try and build the avatar for our client is when we know exactly the kind of services that we want to offer. It's really easy to, <laughs> to walk right into the building where they are going to be going instead of doing a scattershot approach of like, I don't know, maybe they'll like this store or I don't know, maybe they'll like this going, no, this is the one place that they go and going from there. And I definitely think that, you know, it can be scary to niche down and it definitely made me nervous when I first decided like, Hey, this is, this is the space that I want to be in because, you know, a ton of people have dogs, a ton of people have cats, but not everybody has a special needs animal. Not everybody has a medically needy animal and not everybody is going to be searching out this kind of service. So you're kind of thrown into that, oh, am I going to lose clients over this? Am I going to lose money over this? Because I'm niching down to one specific specialty, but networking with those other kinds of businesses that might not even be animal related, like I said, like a realtor, we do services in the client's home. They buy people's homes. They sell people's <laughs> homes. They, they, they're helpful to us because we need a house to work in. Yeah. So, you know, they, it's actually proven to be quite a, a great referral source for us working with other other industries that aren't even pet related at sometimes. Well, and I know, I think very recently, too, you've developed a, a relationship and a partnership with a vacation planner. Uh, and, and I'm very yes. interested about this aspect. So t- walk us through what that was like, how to come about, how it functions. So uh, we decided to partner with Jennifer Bro of JB Travel Pros, which is a franchise of Dream Vacations. And she is just a phenomenal person. I mean, she inspires me greatly every day in the work that she does. And she is actually a very big advocate of special needs humans. So she has special needs children and she, she does niche cruise planning. She does cruise planning for everybody, just as we do pet care for everybody. But she is actually certified and an advocate of special needs cruise planning. So she is able to book travel for people that have special needs or their children have special needs. And we kind of put our brains together and we're like, I do this really specific thing. You do this really specific thing. What if we offered professional pets as a pet care package because she offers a concierge style travel service where she arranges everything from point A to point Z 
of transportation to the airport. She does now everything and she tells the client, all right, here's your travel package. You're going to leave it this time. You're going to leave it this time. And your professional pets pack member is going to be here to take care of Fluffy. And it's brought her a ton of business because she is able to offer that specialty concierge service to her clients. And we're able to work with them to be able to provide services to our target market. And our target market is vacation based. So these are people that are going on vacation and this, this, it's just been a beautiful partnership altogether. I cannot tell you how much I love uh, hearing you explain and walk through all of that. Uh, Cause how many of us would love to have somebody, you know, make it, we, we love partnerships. We love being able to be doing and helping more people. And the fact that you can walk in and work with the travel agent, especially with this concierge travel booking, this just sounds absolutely phenomenal to go, oh, and because what they're going to do, what's she going to do? She's going to say, oh, do you have a pet? And they're going to go say yes. And she'll be like, great, I'm going to make sure that's included with this. And they don't even have to worry about it. People who book, that kind, of, people who book that kind of service want everything taken care of from mm-hmm. A to Z and don't want to have to think about it or worry about it. And we all go, well, I'd love to have that kind of client, right? That, mm-hmm. <laughs> those sound yep. kind of nice. Ding, ding, ding. You're the winner. <laughs> that's the idea. So, so, so does she... Does she, I guess, when, when she has those bookings come up, she, does she reach out to you to set up that relationship or, or kind of how to, what, what's that workflow like? Yeah, so, so that's, that's kind of how it works. You know, her clients become our clients so that in the future, if they do need services outside of that one vacation booking, they can book with us again. And it's repeat business so that we've grown a relationship. We've started the relationship together in this partnership, but we've also grown outside of this so that, you know, if they don't need the 10 day trip to Hawaii from JB travel pros, they just need, you know, those, the short weekend trip in Florida that doesn't need a travel agent, but they still need us. We've already built that relationship and we've already onboarded them and they're already established with us. Yeah, really making that whole process seem so seamless. And, and uh, this fits right in with the more we've been in this industry, the more I view it as a very magical kind of service that we can provide to our clients of they don't have to worry about a single thing. They don't have to, you know, this peace of mind that we give them, they leave their home, we come take care of their pets, they arrive back after however long they're gone, and everything's exactly perfect in the way it was when they left. Th- that should be such a seamless process and it should be very magical to them. And this is just a whole nother layer of it that is including everything else along in their process. Absolutely. And you know, the kind of people that are seeking out services in their own home rather than boarding, they don't want to have to pick up their dog and bring it to a boarding facility and worry about when they're going to pick it up again. And yeah. All of these things, it's just, it's all there. It's all done and they don't even have to have their pet leave their home. Well, so for people who are listening to this and this is, sounds interesting to them, what kind of advice would you you give us for how to start approaching travel agents in our area and, and talking about this kind of service that we can offer to their clients? So I believe that it's the same with any kind of networking relationship that you're going, you're interested in or trying to approach, pitch them your idea because we've all got brilliant ideas. Pitch them your idea and let them know and how it benefits them because, you know, they're going to be more inclined to help you and want to network with you if it's a mutually beneficial relationship. Hmm. So 
when Jennifer and I talked about it, we kind of had this aha moment together at the same time. But if it was my idea first and I was like, you know, I'm really looking for a travel agent. This is what I want to do. I would tell her that because she offers this boutique concierge style service, we provide a luxury niche service by offering the convenience of already having your pet care booked, it makes her more money in the long run. And it adds credibility to her business because she, everybody has animals and Mm -hmm. everybody needs to do something with that animal. When they go on vacation, they're not going to take it on the cruise. So that immediately becomes our, our target market right there. But it, it equally adds value to her business. And we've both seen that. Yeah, I I think that is exactly key. Is going what is the value that this brings to them, and and mm-hmm. and we we have to focus on that because they are looking for things to make their clients' experience better. They want to be more inclusive. They want to be more concierge in every possible way, and the, and to have thought through every aspect of this journey with their client. And we we coming along to them, going, hey, here's a problem. I don't know if you've ever encountered it, but this would help solve all X Y Z for your clients and make them more likely to book this because they know that their pets are cared for, right? You can present it in however you want to, but that's why these kind of relationships work really, really well. And thinking outside the box of not just not just pet care. You know, one of the things that we've been working on in on our new service area is there's a coffee shop and it's kind of dog themed and they kind of say they're they're pet friendly ish. Um, mm-hmm. But we've been supplying them with a basket of uh, tennis balls and poop bag holders, uh, just mm. in a basket there. And the I was in there the other day, and the lady came out and she said, "I can't tell you how much we love having this here because everybody who comes in just goes they're 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 blown away by how pet friendly we are because you are bringing some of these items here." And I was like, "Really? Like they're just they're like super cheap, like they're not whatever." <laughs> but she was like, "Oh mm-hmm. man, people people come in here all the time, and it really has me thinking about how can we make people." People's pet experience better everywhere throughout their life, from the copy shop to the travel agency to everything in between. Really thinking, what value can we bring? How can we elevate the experience of their own clients above and beyond ours? So, I will tell you to piggyback off of your awesome idea. So, we actually partnered with a pizza shop in our Target service area. And I'm sure everybody knows that's listening. The kind of epidemic that we're dealing with right now with the shelters being full and euthanasia rates and foster fails and things like that. And we kind of sat down and we said, you know, what can we do to help that? And we all volunteer and, you know, we do what we can to help physically in the space. And I said, okay, well, what can, what can our business do to help some of these animals that are, are getting euthanized every day? And um, we had this idea to print out flyers of animals that needed to get adopted from the local shelter or the county shelter and put them on pizza boxes so that when, Oh, I love that. (gasps) (laughs) I love that. Um, So we put them on pizza boxes. So all of these pizza boxes were delivered to our target service market and they helped all these animals get adopted from these high kill shelters in turn benefiting the pizza shop to say, you know, we're a pet friendly business, you know, a a pet friendly business. We love dogs, bring your dog to our patio um, and help get these animals adopted um, while also doing a really great thing. So 
even those unlikely relationships that you would think that would never have anything to do with each other. But, you know, we did pizza for pets and that was really cool. So there's a lot of relationships that can be born, you know? Yeah. And whether they are overtly pet friendly or not, it may be a, uh, you know, a staff member there is really passionate about pets or the owner mm-hmm. just absolutely loves their animals. And that's just a conversation and to think about these ideas and go, hey, here's where my passion lies. Does this align with your passion? Okay, let's do something with that. And that elevates everybody and helps the community. Mm-hmm. Large. I'm taking so many notes right now. You have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Pizza for pets. Got it. Pizza for pets. <laughs> this is really, it's really, because we, we, I think this is a, a, a bigger part of becoming, a, of acting as a business and really importantly, a community member is helping community, it's helping our community selflessly going, this is something that we want to do. This is an initiative we can do and other people can get behind and it just helps everybody. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, I I did want to circle back and and just touch on um, if if you don't mind your your, your team members that you have um, you've decided mm-hmm. to go down and use um, independent contractors. What was that decision like for you, and and how do you make that work for your business? So I of course, like most of us, played with the idea of having employees or having contractors, and I definitely will say that a lot of pet care companies use employees and that's common and there are their benefits it's benefits to them but with my specific niche of staff members they value not having a strict schedule or a set schedule and being able to work when they want to have the freedom to do their job independently and that's what they value and that has really helped with retention. So that's why we've we've decided to go that route of contractors that might change in the future, depending on, you know, who we have at the time. But right now for us, this is what's working and all of them really enjoy working for professional pets in this capacity. Sure. And do you feel like that has to do with some of the services that you offer as well because of the, I think you mentioned it, of like the the specialty of services. You're also doing the the overnights and you're doing all this specialty care and and kind of how they set up their own lives as, as team members of professional pets. Yeah, I definitely think so. Um, So our overnights is definitely something that myself and our clients value a lot. It's our most popular service aside from our poppins. And I wouldn't be able to offer overnights if I had employees. As far as scheduling wise, though, is that is that a headache to you as far as trying to coordinate everything and making sure people are available at certain times? Or how do you approach them with offering your pop-ins or your overnights? So um, I am definitely a child of technology. I <laughs> am, I am, I have faith in Google calendar. I have faith in our pet care software and I run my life through Google calendar. So we utilize all of the technology resources that we have available to us to make things seamless. And it's actually quite easy. Um, so once we perfected the process of, you know, using scheduling software and client portals and and things of that nature, it it made things a lot easier rather than having to, you know, put everything in manually and call this person and text this person. Um, You know, we use group chat software, so we're all able to, to communicate pretty seamlessly. So it's been, it's been 
a lot of trial and error, but once we once we figured it out, we figured it out, yeah. and now everybody doesn't feel like their brain is going to explode. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure, again, with the level of communication as far as expectations and clarity of calendars and that kind of thing, I'm sure that really helps clarify the waters <laughs> quite, quite a bit around oh, when those things come up. Oh, gosh. It's just, it, it has changed my life for the better. I, you know, I'm not glued to the phone all of the time. I can actually manage my staff rather than, you know, being being so all over the place all over the time and having to to worry about this and that. And it, it really has been a, a huge weight off of my shoulders and, you know, all of the staff because they're the one that has to deal with the craziness. We look for ways to set up processes that don't just work for us, but they work for our clients and they work for our staff if we have them. And making sure that that is well communicated between everybody is, is really what helps it actually work. It's not just merely important to have the software or have the calendar or have the group Mm-mm. chat. You have to talk about how it works, right? And, and, how, to, and how to use right. it too. Yeah. Right. You need that flow. Otherwise, you're just paying for programs for no right. reason. You need well, to make sure everything is working co- cohesively, you know? Yeah. Well, how do you how do you review that process? How do you, when you bring on something new or when you look at your current processes, how do you, how do you with a critical eye, look at whether they are actually working or not? So I definitely am a, a person of analysis and it, it takes me a little while to make sure that this is what we're going to do and this is what we're going to go with because not only does it affect me in the business aspect of things from the financial end and, and stuff of that nature, it also affects the staff and it affects every single one of my clients. So we, in the space that we are, we do have kind of our... Because our target market is senior animals, sometimes, most times, our clients are seniors themselves with older pets. So trying to incorporate new software or new communication techniques or new this and new that, we, it, was, it was a labor of love just to get them on the platform in the first place. Now I'm going to go <laughs> change and everything. Yeah. And, you know, I need to make sure that this is the right move. So, you know, we... Whenever we're thinking about incorporating something new, we're we're going over it. We're having team meetings about it. We're, you know, ha- making phone calls with these with these companies to make sure that this is the best move for us, but also the best move for our clients. The in person NAPS twenty twenty three conference will be held March third through the fifth in New Orleans, Louisiana. Megan and I will be speaking that Saturday about the life of a pet sitter. The National Association of Professional Pet Sitters is the only national nonprofit professional pet sitting association dedicated to raising and abiding by industry standards. It's run by its members for its members and is a volunteer-driven association. This year's conference, Refresh, Rethink, Revive, will be an amazing opportunity to come together with like-minded professional pet sitters from across the country to learn and grow with one another. Visit PetSitters.org for more information. And one of the policies I know that you have in place are lock boxes. How soon Mm -hmm. did you start implementing those in your business? Oh, God, not soon enough. (laughs) Um, So, you know, of course, like everything else, it's all trial and error. We had to try all of these things. We had to make the mistakes to be like, oh, this needs to change. And and definitely one of those things was was our Operation Lockbox. And I knew that some people or some other pet care companies, they had used the lockbox system. And I was like, ah, we don't need that. It's fine. 
And, you know, I, I, we started making human mistakes. Either we lost a key or the key broke in the door handle or the garage code died in addition to the door battery code dying and everything had to go wrong for us to say, okay, we need to implement some kind of system that says that two keys are to remain on premises at all times. And the thought behind that was that one key always stays in the box. So in the event of natural disaster, the, the, the battery to the garage dies, the battery to the front door dies, the floor is lava, whatever the case may be, we have one key in the lockbox on premises at all times. So that animal is never left without care for something that we did. And, you know, I, it took me running out of space on the warden's key ring that I had with 150 client keys to say, okay, we need to do something else. And that like sheer panic of where's the client keys or having a lockbox in, in our office of all these client keys and having to have my staff drive and pick up keys. And, you know, if somebody couldn't make a booking because somebody had a flat tire trying to coordinate passing keys back and forth. It was just an absolute nightmare after a while, but we needed those experiences to say, Hey, we got to do something. So that's why we have operation lockbox. Yeah. You don't know what you don't know, what you don't know. And and it takes right. some of these, <laughs> these learning processes of going, Oh, maybe we can do something different. And we, Megan and I were doing the exact same thing of going, okay, well, we're going to start, we started with, the lockbox kind of in a central location and having people go to and from that. But as now, as we have expanded into a completely separate area and we are getting you know, clients from all over in a wider range, and we're having multiple staff now passing and handing off keys. It just became too, uh, for us, like this, is, there's too much of a liability now to mm-hmm. make this work successfully. And so we need to do something different. And the lockboxes really do help get around that. So when you communicated this to your clients, did you get any kind of pushback or, or any people oh, who said, yeah. no, I, oh, okay. So why, oh, yeah. <laughs> what was that so, like? So, you know, we all have different kinds of clients. We have our ideal golden clients. We have some bronze clients. And, you know, we have some that were just like completely adverse to the idea of a lockbox. I only lost two clients out of the hundreds that we have um, over our lockbox policy, but it wasn't something that I was willing to not put into effect because not everybody was comfortable with it. And I feel that whatever policies, whatever procedures that you put in place, not everybody is going to agree with you. But if you think that this is right for your business because of X, Y, and Z, you should do it and you should stay with it and you should back your own policies because this is what you believe in the first place. And this is, this is why you're doing this to begin with. So the only, like I said, I only had two clients that were completely adverse to it and they didn't want to put a lockbox on their front door um, because they had thought that it would convey the message to the rest of the world that either their home was for sale or that they weren't home. <laughs> so Taking that feedback from clients, I said, okay, well, actually, you're not wrong. So what about you pick the location for your lockbox where you feel comfortable? Hmm. And of course, you know, we had this aha moment after we had already lost the clients, but that made other people feel a little more comfortable because some of our clients did share that same, that same way of thinking. 
And I said, oh, okay, well, I didn't even think of that. And we can learn a ton from our clients because we're not the ones providing care for our own pets. We're providing care for other pets. So listening to their suggestions, but not compromising on our own policies was how we made this work. Um, and we, you know, some, we, we obviously went back and forth with the idea of, do we rent them to the clients? Do we sell them to the clients? Do we let them provide their own? So we don't rent them, but we do sell them to the clients and they're beautiful lock boxes, they're master lock and they're engraved with our logo. So shout out to small business again, in our area, we got connected with a uh, company called Modern Memories who does uh, laser engraving. And it was an awesome company and a beautiful relationship that we found. And now he does all of our lockboxes. So they could purchase their own lockbox or they can provide their own if Mm. they don't want one of ours. So that kind of has gotten more of our clients that might have been on the edge on board by not being locked into force to, you know, purchase one of ours listening to suggestions, but not compromising on the policies and going, okay, we need a lockbox. What are ways mm-hmm. you, you, you client will get a lockbox from us, from somewhere else, get a lockbox. Like you're not trying to mm-hmm. pigeonhole them to one area, but going lockbox is required. So do you mm-hmm. have, the, do you have them leave the lockbox out 24, seven, 365, or do they only set it out whenever they're going to be traveling for vacation? So because we are vacation based, we, they can they can leave it out if they want to leave it out, but we only require that they they put it out when they are going on vacation. With that being said, we do some last minute, some emergency, I'm stuck in traffic, Fluffy has to eat dinner kinds of things. But those clients that usually need last minute services, they already have the lockbox out. Yeah, because I, I was sitting here thinking about how people may push back on, well, I'm not traveling all the time, so I don't want this mm-hmm. out there. They may think it looks unsightly or things like that. So do you reach out to people a couple of days before they travel and go, hey, don't forget to put out the lockbox or what kind of communication goes there? So most of our clients know, but on the flip side of things, not everybody has keyed door locks. Ah, so, so, so there are clients that live in apartment complexes or condos where they physically don't have a key for their door. Okay. So they obviously can't use a lockbox. Um, and then our only route of entering the home would be, you know, the front door or the garage code. So we do have like a liability waiver that they would sign if they decide to opt out of operation lockbox. And I love your, the, the language that you use in operation lockbox on your website. It is very positive. It is very forward thinking. It is very pro client experience. You don't spend hardly any, you spend no time being like, yeah, remember how awful it was in the past. And you, <laughs> yeah, cause one, of the, one of the things that I, you know, we're trying to present this to clients is go, well, how do I tell them that this is an advantage? Cause I don't want to tell them, Hey, did you ever think that we could lose your key? Because we could have, but now we can't anyway, glad right. that's now right? like, I don't, I, but you, I love how you present this as like, these are all the positives that this is bringing to you and kind of just like moving way past how you used to operate without saying that, just always looking forward, always looking to the better and always looking to how it benefits them in the end. Because it's, because if you think about it, I mean, it's for them. It's not, it's not, it's also for us from a liability perspective, but it's, it's mainly for them to make sure that in the event of flash flood 
fire, natural disaster, what lost key, maybe whatever happens, their pet is not left without care. And it, that, that's, that's what it is at the end of the day. And the clients that realize that and they value their, you know, their pets' lives and their, their well-being, they, they don't have a problem with it because they know that it's for them. You also do a lot of um, in-person events in your community. And I know this is something that many sitters struggle with to make the most out of. So how do you choose which events you go to and how do you, how do you make the most out of, of being present? So with any service-based in, in any service-based field, it's difficult to do vendor events because I'm not a vendor and I'm not selling anything. So I could sell frisbees, I could sell dog treats, I could I could sell something, but we don't. We never do. So we're just there to meet the community, to tell everybody about our services and just to build relationships. And if we get a new client out of it, that's awesome. But we're there just to let people know who we are and to build more on our brand. So when we do these vendor events, we definitely are geared more towards dog-friendly events. So not dog events in of it themselves, but events where you can bring your dog to, like an open-air market kind of thing. Um, so we have information out, we have pup cups, we have treats, we have every, everything dog-friendly that we can possibly have in the event that they bring their furry friend. But even if they don't, we can tell them about our services and how awesome we are and, and things of that nature. Um, we do events on our own where we host events and we host these outdoor markets and vendor events and things like that. That's a whole other rabbit hole to get to, to fall down into. <laughs> but I just really love connecting with my community and being able to be their go-to guy. So I think that's where the vendor events and the markets and, and things like that kind of stems from is that I want to have that genuine connection with my community. Yeah, I know many people struggle with that of going, well, how many clients did I actually get from this event? Oh, I'm not going to get mm-hmm. anything from this. And and you're totally reframing this and going, it's not about getting this client from that. I'm not track. That's not my metric. My metric is, did I strengthen my brand of my company? Did Absolutely. I, and that is so huge because with the with the with the strengthening of the brand comes brand recognition, comes trust, comes comes uh, people who know and idealize you as the only one they think of when they think of pet care. Why? Because they see you everywhere. You're at all these events and it just becomes mm-hmm. part of you do become so integrated and into the community because you're taking part in it. And, and that actually at the end of the day is, is invaluable when it, when you come to think about it. Cause I think if you sit down and think, um, what are the companies that fall into different categories in my town? You'll only pick mm-hmm. up like one AC repair and one tow truck company and one, you know, grocery store. Why? Because they take up the large mind share of your perception of what it means to be that company. And that's exactly what these events can do for people when they think of pet care. And I definitely think that, you know, being present in of itself is invaluable because even if people don't need your services at that time. So, you know, we have our, our form submission and we have all that stuff. You saw your information here, drop your business card and all that general, you know, marketing stuff. But if I look (laughs) at how many clients from that kind of avenue that filled out our information form or dropped their business card in my bowl, how many of them actually booked is a very small number, but the people that I've met that 
might not have even had their dog that day or were just passing through because they're visiting town or they know somebody who knows somebody because I had that conversation with them just to tell them who we are and what we're about is, is, is built so many good relationships with our clients and turned those just passerbys into forever clients. Yeah. I think the first time that we, we attended a couple events and then we had somebody reach out to us and they said, my mom was at the event and saw your booth and told me to call you. Uh, can you tell me about what your company <laughs> does? <laughs> I was like, okay. Good old mom. Hi. Good old mom. Right. Thanks. <laughs> you know, like, okay. Like the reach doesn't stop here at the event, right? And I think that's so important to remember is that the reach when you go to those kind of things goes out into the community as people take your, that information, take remember seeing your brand colors or your name or your logo. They take that out into the community and the people that they interact with. And so it, it's not just about, we can't be myopic and we can't be too myopic and think, oh, it's just about what happens here and the number and the amount of inquiries I get and forms filled out at this event. It's like, no, no, it's about much something much larger than that. Oh my gosh. I have to tell you something really fast. So yesterday we went out to, I went out to breakfast with my staff and there I had on my professional pets, Florida, like t-shirt with the big logo on the back. And it's, you know, our, our logo is like, it's blue and yellow. So it's contrasting colors and it's kind of like bold and it's in your face and it's easily recognizable. But I mean, especially if I'm not in my service area or if I'm out and about, I don't expect people to be like, Oh my God, Lori with professional pets. Hi. You know, I don't, I don't expect any of that. So like when it does happen, I'm like, Oh my gosh, you know me, you know me. And so we, I had this woman that we went to breakfast and I just held open the door for her. So my back was to her and she was like, do you work for professional pets? And I'm just like, yeah, I do. What's up? And she was just like, my neighbor over on X drive told me to call you because I have this chihuahua. And then we just had like a 25 minute conversation about her <laughs> chihuahua. And you know, she's diabetic. And she's like, Oh my gosh, I'm so happy I ran into you. And she's like, Do you know, Lori? And like, I've never met this person in my entire life. And I was like, Yeah, I know, Lori. And you know, we're doing this, this whole thing. And you know, she contacted me like an hour later, and wow. you know, book services. But that was just like a very like passive interaction that I had just because at that moment, I had my back turned to her because I was opening the door for her. Yeah, but that wow. built a client. You know, yeah. Again, just just a reminder that we are representatives of our business, no matter where we go in our communities, and that those kind of interactions are priceless. Right? That you mm -hmm. made that lady's day. Uh, it was so much impact, so impactful to her. And a, she a, made a, my day too. Oh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> right where they go, you're the what? Oh, you're the pet people. What? Oh my goodness! Right. Right? And you go, okay. And it is very gratifying to go. Okay, wow. Like the things that I'm doing are working. The people that I'm working with are are working. The clients that I have are amazing. And everything mm -hmm. just kind of aligns in those moments. And it is is really good to to take a step back and and just recognize how all the effort, how all the hard work, all the pain and tears and sweat and blood and all. All that stuff that we're pouring into this, it is to take that to, to step back and go, wow, it, it's actually working, right? Because <laughs> we don't see that every day, do we? Right. And like the, you know, when they fill out like the how did you hear about us like section, like we have a, an open box so they can like write whatever they want to write. And when they write something funny like that, like you held open the door for me at the breakfast place. So I'm just like, you know what? It's working. 
We're doing something right. We're doing something good here. <laughs> I love that. I, lo- I love that, Lori. Uh, Lori, thank you so much for, for coming on the show today and for encouraging us to be amazing members of our community and, and to help us to overcome fears of niching down as well. And that when that happens, we focus on a particular set of clients and a particular set of staff needs as well. But it is worth it in the end to have these – because we get these kind of interactions that you're talking about and we do become the go-to for these certain kind of services – uh, I know, though, that you do an awful lot, and there's so much more here, and people are going to have questions for how, how to make it work. So how can people get connected with you and follow along with everything that, prof- that Professional Pets Florida has going on? So we're super active on social media because we are active in the community. So definitely to like and follow our Facebook page is probably the best way to stay up to date with, you know, we do a lot of blogs and partnership announcements and our community events and things like that are all shared on our social media. So that would probably be the best way to reach out. Um, If anybody has any questions regarding business or just wants to set up a Zoom or talk to me personally, I'm... This is this is our full time job. So I mean, if anybody needs anything, shoot me an email, and I'm definitely happy to help in any way that I can. And I think that connecting with other pet care businesses and learning from each other rather than viewing them as competition is absolutely vital to success. Mm, I couldn't agree more, Lori. And I'll have links to your social media and email and website in the show notes and on the website so people can get connected right there. Uh, this has been so much fun. Uh, I'm, I'm so appreciative. I have a lot of notes and things that I homework that I need to do now. Uh, so <laughs> I really appreciate everything uh, and, and just can't thank you enough for coming on today. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm a big time long-term fan. I'd rather have a client who cares too much than cares too little. When Laurie said this, it really got me thinking about what kind of passion we need from our clients that are going to make them work well and with us. Because importantly, this is a partnership. This is a two-way communication and team where we are coming alongside the client to make sure that they are living their best life possible with their pets. It's much easier to redirect and hone in on somebody's energy and focus than it is to try and encourage them and get them excited about trying new things or doing something different with their pet. With our knowledge and expertise, we can take the passion of that pet owner and turn it into something truly remarkable and good for both them and their pet. We want to thank today's sponsors, Time to Pet, and the National Association of Professional Pet Sitters for making today's show possible. We really want to thank you so much for listening. We hope you have a wonderful rest of your week and we'll be back again soon.